bet the game. Sounds crazy, Frank. <laughs> Maybe just crazy enough to work. Sports betting within Oregon League. Powered by Sports Radio 750, The Game, Portland's most listened to sports station. You probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris. Now, here are your hosts, Judah Newby and Zach Schlegel. Happy leap year, everybody. We get a leap. We get a leap day tomorrow. We do. We Fa- do. Fantastic. He is actually go. I'm Judah Newby. This is Bet the Game, our leap edition. Talking some XFL. Talking some college basketball. March is right around the corner. The madness is starting to heighten mm. in the sports world, as uh, some madness is starting to uh, heighten in the world around us. Yes, well. sir. Man, you know, you know, Judah. I got to point out. Yesterday, I was listening to the station. Naturally, I was listening uh. to Canzano. And, you know, I heard you guys had seven pizzas in the studio from our man Chris, right? From 7-Eleven. Was it Chris? Chris. Chris, yeah. Shout out to Chris. Shout out. Former Um, intern on the BFT. Turned uh, field manager at 7-Eleven. How does that happen, by the way? Well, it's one of the greatest life turnarounds I've ever seen. I know. Yeah. For the better. I want to make that clear. Now, um... The point, the reason I bring that up, Judah, is because I am definitely going to 7-Eleven to get a $2.29 pizza tomorrow while I watch some XFL week four. <laughs> that is absolutely uh, just, that, that's just smart, I would mm-hmm. just gotta say. $2.29 <laughs> pizzas on two twenty nine. it's perfect. Mm. We're going to talk some XFL. You know, it's interesting. How do you feel like it's been received by the public now that it's a few weeks in? I think after week one, it's it's kind of declined a little bit. Naturally, I feel like that was going to happen. Um, there was a lot of hype going into it. 19 years of preparation since 2001 when they originally came out with the XFL. So we know people were going to be excited week one. The action was good in week one. Week two... Uh, that first game, or the first couple games on Saturday, week two, were kind of a little bit of a downer, lower scoring games. I think week three, we picked it back up a little bit. I was impressed with Seattle, um, their home uh, fans. I was uh, impressed with St. Louis, their home fans. It was the return of professional football in St. Louis last week. So that was really awesome to see. I think overall, though, I still feel like this league is going to succeed. And I feel like fans are enjoying the product that's being put out there. Well, let's get into it. Your weekly XFL power rankings coming out of mm-hmm. week three. Going into week four to reset the week three scoreboard, Houston Roughnecks, uh, 34-27 winners over the Tampa Bay Vipers. I kept an eye on this game. Tampa Bay got yep. out to an early lead, and Houston came back and uh, really took control of the game as it went on. 34-27, uh, three touchdowns over 300 yards from P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. And a rushing TD. I know you love this guy. Yep. Uh, Dallas Renegades beat the Seattle Dragons in Seattle 24-12. to St. Louis Battlehawks get a home win over the New York Guardians 29-9. The L.A. Wildcats dominate the D.C. Defenders. That's Ooh. a surprising result. Yep. 39-9. Mm. Golly. Mm. So looking at the standings now through three weeks. In the East, St. Louis, D.C., they are both two and one. Mm-hmm. And New York is one and two. Tampa Bay still winless at 0 and 3. In the West, Houston, a perfect 3 and 0. Dallas, 2 and 1. L.A. Wildcats and Seattle Dragons are one and two each. And uh, the betting results as well Houston 
uh, they were able to cover the six and a half. Dallas covered the four and a half as a as a road favorite. Mm-hmm. St. Louis Battlehawks cover the ten. Yep. And it goes under. That's incredible. I know, right? And LA Wildcats are able to, uh, wow, that's probably the biggest upset of the year so huge, far. Huge upset, yeah. Eight and a half point underdogs, and they win by 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. So your power rankings, Zach, let's start with number eight going backwards. Number we eight. Got- uh, we got the New York Guardians. Why, you may ask? Because uh, this team is just absolutely in shambles right now. Um, there is there is just no chemistry offensively. They they have everyone hurt. Joe Horn Jr. Right, he's hurt, and I think they probably have like three or four active wide receivers now. A bunch of guys are on IR. Um, Guardians have just been very very unimpressive to me over the last couple games. Um, their first game of the season was against the Vipers, who we know are zero and three right now. The Vipers aren't that bad of a team. They just can't finish drives. But for New York, for that to be their only win against a winless team, that's really bad. So I have them in the eighth slot right there. Um, not looking good for New York. No reason to bet on them. Coming in at number seven, I got the Vipers. The 0-3 Vipers ahead of the Guardians, even though the Guardians beat them head-to-head. Because <laughs> I just, from the eye test, Judah, I like the Vipers right now um, in terms of their talent and their potential. But they just haven't been able to put it together. Coming in at the sixth spot, the Seattle Dragons. Disappointing last couple, uh, or disappointing last week, I should say. They lost the opener to a very tough DC team. Then they came back, got that opener victory at home. Um, And then last week, a tough one against the Dallas Renegades with Landry Jones back. And that team is rolling right now. Um, We're actually going to see a nice duel in Texas between Houston and Dallas this weekend. So my Seattle Dragons at number six right there. Now I got the Wildcats at number five. Very, very impressive win this past weekend. Upsetting D.C. Cardell Jones threw four picks in that game. Mm. That was bad, Mm. bad, 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 bad. Um, And Josh Johnson um, looking pretty good for... L.A. overall, three touchdown passes in that game. They were 3-3 of in the red zone. So if you're doing that in the red zone, you're going to win. L.A. up there at the fifth spot. Now moving into the four spots that are in the potential playoff positions right here. We have Dallas at number four. They're 2-1. and They lost their opener. But again, that was without Landry Jones. They've won two in a row. They're getting hot at the right time. D.C. defenders here also 2-1. and one. I have them in my third spot right there. Some people would say Dallas moved them ahead of D.C. I just think D.C. had probably the worst game we'll see that them play this season um, against L.A., and I think they're going to bounce back this weekend. Top two slots, St. Louis, very, very impressive. Jordan Tamu, um, can't say enough about this guy and what he's been able to do um, alongside uh, also, P.J. Walker there at Houston. So these two quarterbacks, in my opinion, the best two quarterbacks right now in the XFL. Uh, those are the top two spots. Houston Roughnecks stay at number one. I think they're just the overall best team in the league right now. They have that high-flying, run-and-shoot offense. It's really exciting to watch. P.J. Walker to Cam Phillips. That's Amazing a connection. connection. Yeah. Oh, that's that's crystal clear connection. That is Put it in the XFL Hall right now. <laughs> is that Verizon Wireless Connection? Singular? I don't know. <laughs> Do you hear me now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Um, Cam Phillips, though, back-to-back hat tricks. 
three touchdowns in back-to-back games. The guy is going off. So Houston, the best team right there, and those are my power rankings. I love it. Well, looking ahead to week four, I like this exercise you do, projecting Mm -hmm. the betting lines and then seeing how they stack up to the real lines as well. Um, L.A. Wildcats at New York Guardians. You projected an L.A. line by four and a half. The actual line comes out to L.A. minus eight. Uh, how do you feel about that? That's a big road favorite on the road. Any value in New York? I know, Gosh, you, I know you love these guys. Oh. Eighth in the power rankings. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to bet on New York. It's really, really difficult right now based on what I've been seeing. So, um, I, you know, I'm not surprised that L.A. is a favorite here by over a touchdown, but I projected them to be a little bit less of a favorite because it is a road game, and you got to think L.A. just came off that huge victory at home. Now they're traveling across the country to New York, and New York, you know, they got to get it right at some point, right? But I did mention their injuries are just absolutely ruining their season right now. Um, they have no one at quarterback and it just does not look good. So I think this line is really telling us a lot about New York and how dysfunctional their organization is right now. And it's also showing a lot of support for L.A. and what they were able to do against D.C. last week. And we're going to see if that was a fluke or not this weekend. Um, this is a game that I'm staying away from. I cannot uh, I cannot bet on New York, and I definitely can't lay eight points with a team coming off a huge victory traveling across the country. Good guys, St. Louis and Seattle. You projected St. Louis as a mm. home favorite by nine against the Fighting Jim Zorns. Mm. The uh, betting line comes out at St. Louis minus 11 and a half, a total of 38 and a half. Mm-hmm. What kind of effect is that from last week where you had a big favorite, St. Louis, yep. cover double digits, yep. and also the total came in under 40? Obviously, you mentioned Jordan Tamu, but their defense very good as well to yeah. help keep teams under against a Seattle team that's not exactly scoring a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. Seattle's offense, that's their weak point. Their red zone defense has been pretty strong this season. Seattle at home is one thing, but Seattle on the road is another. And we saw what St. Louis was able to do at home um, last week in their opener, um, bringing professional football back to St. Louis. They were really, really fired up. They blew out the Guardians, and it went under the total, and they covered. So Vegas is projecting a similar game in this one. I just think, I don't know, I think 11.5 is just a lot of points, kind of disrespectful for a Seattle team that I think is pretty respectable. I would have to lean Seattle with these points here. The total, 38.5, like that's probably the lowest total I've seen so far this season. Can't really do too much on that total, but I guess because it's so low, I would lean under. Um, and I'm also leaning on the Dragons here to get the cover. Houston Rough next. We mentioned they've been out to a, a great start, high flying offense. What a game this is going to be. You've got the June Jones offense against Bob Stoops mm. and Dallas Landry Jones. They go and get the win in Seattle last week and cover his road favorites. Houston favored by two and a half. You projected this line right on the money. You thought it would be about two and a half. It is two and a half. The total is at 50 here. This is the game of the weekend, arguably the matchup of the year so far. Absolutely. You said it is definitely the game of the weekend. The Texas showdown, um, two great offenses coming into town. Um, the Roughnecks, though, their kryptonite is their defense. They allow a lot of points. We saw them allow 27 to Tampa Bay, the 0-3 Vipers last weekend. So we'll see how Houston does on defense against Landry Jones and company. Wait, you're telling me that Houston has high-flying offense and struggles on defense? I, I couldn't tell if we're, <laughs> if we're talking about the Houston Rockets or the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah, yeah, or the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly. (laughs) Which uh, I I compare Houston um, to the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. Mm. Uh, You know, P.J. Walker, he's not quite Pat Mahomes, but if you're going to compare anyone to Pat Mahomes, it would be this guy. 
Uh, Dallas, their tight end, Donald Parham, though, this is a guy that I've had my eye on for a couple weeks. He's turning into a star, 6'8", 240. He went for, uh, or so far in the season, he has 14 catches, 217 yards, three touchdowns. So this guy's been doing it. Cameron Artis paying for Dallas. He's been carrying the load in the run game. 13 carries for 80 yards last week against Seattle in the win. Um, so this is going to be a great game. I think the line is right where it needs to be. It's right where I projected it to be. I expect a lot of points. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Houston Roughnecks to continue rolling here in a rivalry game in Texas. And I like the over. I think there's going to be fireworks. And the over. In the last game of the day, D.C. Defenders at the Tampa Bay Vipers. You thought D.C. minus four. The line says a little bit more value in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. So D.C. Defenders are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road with a total at 44. Tampa Bay has struggled a little bit in recent weeks. We're seeing uh, some drama around Quentin Flowers. uh, Not happy with the backup role to Aaron Murray. He hasn't even been at practice the last day, it looks like, uh, once his release. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but... You know, we know Mark Tressman has knows enough offense to uh, get a little bit more value out of Tampa Bay than what he's getting so far. You mentioned they're still looking for their first win of the season. Any chance they get it right here as two-and-a-half-point home underdogs? Yeah, definitely a chance because they're at home. And I, I think uh, home field advantage has been pretty big in the XFL so far. You know, we'll see how D.C. responds here after that tough loss on the road. They got to continue on the road. Luckily, this one isn't on the West Coast anymore. They get back. You know, on the East Coast here, on that East Coast time zone. Uh, I expect Dallas to bounce back. Cardell Jones, after a four-interception performance, you got to imagine this guy is going to come back and have a pretty decent game here against the Vipers. Vipers' defense isn't really anything special. I I expect D.C. to put up points, and I expect D.C.'s defense to come to play as well. they got to be upset with giving 39 points up to L.A. last weekend. So even though this is a small number and even though it is D.C. on the road, I still like D.C. to cover the spread here. I'd probably lean on the over as well, just given the fact that D.C. is going to be a little angry on offense and they're going to want to run up the score. Love it. So your official leans this week would include um, you got you like Houston with two and a half. Yeah, I like Houston. That's probably my favorite play is I like. Well, actually, my favorite play is probably the over in that Houston Dallas game over 50 Mm -hmm. in Houston Dallas. DC minus two and a half at Tampa Bay and the over 44. Yeah. And are the other two games between lines and totals relative stayaways? Yeah. The the first game definitely is stay away. The second one with Seattle, I'd probably lean Seattle with that really, really big number, but both of those games, very low totals. So kind of fishy to me. All right. That's XFL power rankings and wrap on bet the game. Let's get to the hardwood. Yep. When the sun is shining and, and the cold weather starts to thaw away, I immediately hear crack of the wood bat <laughs> or the ping of a metal bat. And I think of this as well. I mean, it's it's baseball spring training. It's at the same time as March Madness starting to swell into the atmosphere. There's no better time to work at sports radio. Right. To be completely honest with you, it's one of my favorite times of year each and every year. And it's time to really start paying attention to some of these teams and where the value might be going into March Madness. It's been an interesting year. Not a whole ton of elite teams being able to maintain elite status. A lot of really good teams that have had kind of up and down moments. Mm -hmm. But right now, after Kansas went into Baylor and beat Baylor last week, that kind of, in my mind, affirms them as being the best team in the country at this point. Do you agree with that? I I completely agree. Um, I've I've said it a couple weeks ago. I might have even tweeted it. 
at Zach Schlegel. But Kansas is, uh, in my opinion, the most well-rounded team, uh, the most experienced team. I love Azubuki. I love what they're doing uh, in their backcourt, coached very well. This Kansas team is dangerous, and they definitely deserve to be in that number one slot. Uh, right now, Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, and San Diego State projected number one seeds right there. So even though Baylor lost head-to-head there to Kansas, they may still be able to get that number one seed. Big 12, really just doing it this year in uh, in college basketball, it seems. Yeah, and look, tomorrow morning, Kansas at yeah. Kansas State. Oh, yeah. In a rematch of that game that had mm-hmm. the uh, really ugly ending last week. Yep. And uh, the last big remaining test for Kansas, you know, is in Lubbock at the end of the year at 22nd Texas Tech before they hit the uh, Big 12 Conference Tournament. Baylor's ranked right behind them at number two. Mm-hmm. We just saw that game. You know, Gottlieb, the, the both teams are obviously went down to the end, Kansas getting the, the road win. Mm-hmm. But Baylor's still a very good team, obviously. Gonzaga took a dip recently when they had the loss to BYU. Uh, BYU just stunned up 91-78. Uh, that was in Provo. But then Gonzaga comes back, gets a blowout win over uh, San Diego, and they'll finish mm-hmm. with St. Mary's before the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And look at this Dayton team. They just yeah. keep on winning 25-2. and two. Dayton and San Diego State, a couple of teams that obviously are mid-majors, but are just keep on winning. <laughs> at yep. some point, you got to honor that. I'm looking at you know, some of the most notable results for Dayton this year. <clears throat> keep in mind, 26-2, and two, fourth in the country. They haven't played a lot of ranked teams, though. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, they played Kansas, lost by six. That was early in the year. They played Colorado, lost by two. That was midway through the year. Since then, they haven't still haven't played a ranked opponent since that time. Uh, Kansas is the only ranked team they played, but they <laughs> keep on winning. So, what do you make? Of, what do you make of a team like Dayton and San Diego State? Kind of fits that bill as well. Yeah. Um, at this point, their records just speak for themselves enough to get them in the top five of the rankings. Definitely, definitely. Obviously, strength of schedule isn't there compared to the top dogs in college basketball right now. They're definitely sexy picks. But San Diego State and Dayton, we're going to have to see um, how they do here down the stretch in their conference tournaments and whatnot. Um, Dayton, they're the number four adjusted offensive team in the country, number 50 defensively. Now, I want to bring this up, Judah, because this is very, very interesting. Um, 17 of the last 18 national champions have been ranked in the top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Hmm. So it speaks to teams that are balanced, right? Teams that are in the top 25 in both offense and defense. Usually, well, 17 of the last 18 champions have had top 25 offenses and defenses. The teams that currently fit that mold right now, Kansas and Baylor, Duke, San Diego State is in that mix, Michigan State, Michigan, Arizona, and Houston. Hmm. So Dayton isn't up there. They're 50th in defensive efficiency, strength of schedule right around 100th in the country. Um, could be but, a vulnerable top seed in the tournament. It could be vulnerable, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, especially being a mid-major. But that's just something to look out for. Of those teams I just mentioned, Houston has uh, the best value there in terms of future odds at 50-1 to 1 odds right now. But again, I still really, really like the Kansas Jayhawks. Absolutely. Projected number one seeds right now would be Kansas, Baylor, Zaga, and San Diego State. The two seeds, and you mentioned a few in that group, Duke, Dayton, Maryland, and Florida State. Maryland's been interesting. Mm. Been keeping an eye on them, and they just had a uh, super dramatic win at Minnesota. I saw the highlights of this the other day. Three-pointer basically at the buzzer to win at Minnesota Mm -hmm. uh, in a comeback fashion. They were down 47-31 at halftime, and ninth-ranked Maryland comes back to win. So that could be one of those like uh, victories by, uh, by the Terps. That kind of spur them forward. They still have got a home game against Michigan State tomorrow. 
a home game against Michigan to end the year next week, and then they are into the Big Ten tournament, which is always one of the more fun tournaments. Yep, absolutely. Um, and looking at looking at Pac-12 projected seeds here, Judah, let's just talk about that for a second, because right now uh, Joe Lenardi has five teams in the Pac-12 projected to make the NCAA tournament. There's a couple teams on the bubble. We may end up seeing six. Who knows? But right now we have Oregon is the top projected seed at number four seed. Colorado projected number five. Arizona number a six seed. Arizona State uh, getting pretty hot as of late. They're projected a number nine seed. But the hottest team, I think, in the Pac-12 right now, Judah, is UCLA. Wow. Winners of six in a row. Very hot. They beat Arizona, Utah, and Colorado all on the road. Mm. They're right now a bubble team along with Stanford. USC projected a number 11 just ahead of them. But look out for UCLA uh, down the stretch here, and especially in the Pac-12 tournament. They're a team that can definitely make a run at it. They have their final two games against Arizona and USC. If they can win both of those games, they got Arizona at home as well, and they already beat them on the road. Um, that's going to make a great case for them in the NCAA tournament. It sets up for a very intriguing Pac-12 tournament as well yeah. between all those teams that are set, set themselves apart as being good. And then a really hot team in UCLA may be coming in at the end as well. Speaking mm-hmm. of good, we know Oregon is. They're generally regarded the number one team in the Pac-12 conference. They win the Civil War last night over yeah. Oregon State by a final score of 69-54. Peyton Pritchard leading the way there. You're looking at a guy like Pritchard, one of the best point guards and leaders in the country. Mm-hmm. Ice in his veins at multiple moments. Yeah. Onions, as Bill Raftery <laughs> would say. Uh, and he's had some big-time moments for this Ducks team, averaging over 20 points a game. However, the recent injuries, uh, not just Nafali Dante, the big man, and then Francis Okoro being out of the country and now coming back, now an injury to quit Chris Duarte. Mm-hmm. That really hurts the Ducks as well. But what do we make of their current form and what that might mean for them going into Vegas and uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, not too long ago, I was talking about them losing three of the last five. Well, all of a sudden, they got it back on track, winning four or five. That game against Arizona just before the Civil War game, they, I mean, the Ducks had no reason to win that game. Arizona just absolutely blew it down the stretch, missing um, key free throws yeah. at the end of the game there, went into overtime. Um, so the Ducks, I mean, at the end of the day, though, wins a win. And winning those close games means a lot down the stretch, especially as you're getting close to tournament time. Um, teams that are able to kind of withstand the storm um, and come through and finish games that are close down the stretch, that's absolutely pivotal. And this Ducks team is used to doing that. They've done it in years past. Dana Altman, I believe they're gonna he's going to have the troops ready to go. Again, last year they came in as the sixth seed in the Pac-12 tournament, went all the way to the championship and slaughtered the Huskies in the Pac-12 championship game. I remember that fondly. Mm-hmm. Number six. My city. This is my city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh, laid his claim to, to Seattle earlier this year. Yeah. But the uh, Pac-12 tournament begins on uh, March 11th. It'll last for three days there. T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Depending on the seeding, Judah, we may even see another Oregon-Oregon State Civil War game in that Pac-12 tournament. Oregon right now. Uh, projected to be the number one seed in the Pac-12 tournament. As long as they win out here and finish strong, they should be that number one seed. Oregon State could end up anywhere between like an 8, 9, 10, 11 seed in the Pac-12 tournament, which would potentially set them up to face Oregon um, in the second round after a little bye. Some great bubble games in the Pac-12 this weekend include Arizona State at USC Saturday, 5 o'clock on ESPNU. Mm -hmm. 
You also uh, have Arizona and UCLA, 7 o'clock on ESPN mm-hmm. on Saturday night. A couple of intriguing games involving uh, the L.A. schools and the state of Arizona schools as well. As you look at futures, uh, before we wrap up on this edition of Bet the Game, uh, teams that might have good value, maybe a team that is a good flyer to go all the way and win the national championship. Hard to disagree with Kansas being the favorite at plus 600. Yep. Gonzaga at plus 800, though, is interesting. And I know the Zags mm-hmm. obviously have got regional interest in the Pacific Northwest as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the blemish against BYU. Yeah, you're not totally sure if they're going to be able to be a deep run team in the tournament any given year. But it's kind of helpful. They've made Final Fours before. They've gotten in the National Championship game before. Mark Few has, by now, shed the label of big-time powerhouse that doesn't get it done in the tournament. He can get it done in the tournament and validate a high seed, whether that's a one or a two. Right now, it's shaping up to be a one. Uh, As you look at Kansas, plus 600. Gonzaga, plus 800. Baylor, plus Mm -hmm. 850. Even Dayton and Duke that share plus twelve hundred odds, or Kentucky, Coach Calp yeah. getting his team into form right. plus fourteen hundred. Which of those do you like the best as a future play? You know, at this point, Judah, I mean, there is a value on a lot of teams right now because those are some nice odds. You know, once you get close, once we finish the conference tournaments, I mean, you know, Kansas is if they roll along and just completely destroy the the opposition in their uh, Big Twelve tournament, we might see those odds drop down to four to one or even less. I think right now, if you're liking Kansas, take them. This is probably the best number you're going to see at six to one odds. I think it's a blessing that we're seeing six to one right now. Gonzaga at eight to one, you know, this is a team that it's going to depend on matchups. It's going to depend on what region they're playing in. You know, if they have a team like Oregon, you know, in their bracket, in their region, you know, that's a team that can definitely knock off a Gonzaga, right? Um, but I think of those teams you just mentioned, best value. I mean, I'd probably say Duke at twelve to one. I mean, throw down a little hundred, make a little twelve hundred. I mean, that's that's not bad in my opinion, right there. Kentucky, you mentioned, they're possibly still a number two seed, winners of seven in a row. So um, the Cal squad, I mean, they're they're doing well right now. They're getting hot at the right time. Looking at the Pac-12 though, Oregon at thirty to one. I think that's right around where they should be. Penn State is kind of a sleeper to me. Um, I've liked what I've seen from Penn State so far. They're at thirty-three to one now. Honestly, if we're talking like really, really great value, especially just in the Pac-12, look at UCLA. I talked about them being the hottest team in the Pac-12 right now. They're at 200 to 1 odds. And I think that's just great value for the hottest team in the conference, right? Right. So, you know, put a little shekel or two on that. Arizona State, unbelievably 400 to 1 odds. Crazy value for a potential number 9 seed as they're projected right now. So, you know, if you're looking to have a little fun, throw a little shekel on some Pac-12 teams there, I think there's great value for it. But again, I'm going to be back in the Kansas Jayhawks, and I think right now is the best time to fire away on the Jayhawks if you want the greatest value. Jayhawks at Kansas State, as we mentioned. Other interesting games to keep your eye on. 15th-ranked Auburn at 8th-ranked Kentucky on Saturday Mm -hmm. afternoon. Uh, Duke is at Virginia. Michigan State is at Maryland in a ranked-on-ranked matchup there. Tomorrow night, uh, Villanova, another team to kind of keep your eye on, 12th in the country, and they've yeah. obviously made some a March magic before. And ranked on ranked in the Big Ten, 18th ranked Iowa, hosting 16th ranked Penn State. Penn State has been on a bit of a, a downturn lately, but mm-hmm. uh, that's a big game for both teams there. Uh, yeah, anything else from college basketball as we get ever closer to the month of March? The next time we record will be in March. 
It will be in March. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to me because we have our little leap this weekend. You know I'm going to get that $2.29 pizza. Boom. Watch a little XFL. Watch a little college basketball. It's going to be great. He is Zach Schlegel. I'm Chew Danubi. We'll see you guys next week on Bet the Game. We'll have more college basketball and XFL content. And look a little bit ahead to the NFL draft, too. We'll yes, see sir. Who's got good odds there? All right, we'll see you next week. Bet the Game on 750thegame on 750thegame.com.